0: You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hi, right, welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. We're going to get into some basketball talk this morning. Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints will be joining us here in a little bit as we start to review the year that was in the NFL as far as the Texas Longhorns players were concerned. How did they do, and kind of what is their outlook moving forward? We're going to talk with Ross in a little bit. Uh, We're going to kick it off with some basketball talk Tuesday night. The Texas Longhorns will be back in action, going to be taking on the Kansas State Wildcats. I almost said Jayhawks. I am all discombobulated this morning. Taking on the Wildcats. That's going to happen tonight. It's interesting, we talked about a little bit on yesterday's show, the AP poll came out with their top 25. Now we're going to talk about the Ferris Mowers coaches poll powered by USA Today Sports. Uh, The Texas Longhorns have fallen all the way to the number 13 spot. So they're actually sandwiched in between Oklahoma and West Virginia right there. So there's Three Big 12 teams right there in a row. Texas Tech is now number eight in the country. And Baylor, of course, is the number two team uh, when it comes to Big 12 teams in the top 25. You also have number 22, Oklahoma State, who just pulled off the upset over Texas. Uh, they come in at number 22 with an identical 12 and 5 record. I'm sorry, Texas is 11 and 5. Uh, Kansas dropped out. When was the last time that we had a conversation about Kansas not being in the top 25? Uh, they did drop out of the top 25. Essentially, still five teams, or no, six teams, six out of ten from the Big 12 are in the top 25. And had Kansas not dropped out, we could easily have said seven. I mean, that's that's a ton. A lot of Big 12 teams in the top 25. But as far as tonight is concerned with Kansas State, and Texas needs to get healthy. Uh, and I don't mean healthy, as in they need to get players back. They need to get their confidence back. And a team like Kansas State allows that because not a lot of people are going to look at Kansas State as a team that's really going to threaten you. Uh, we've seen them get blown out in Big Twelve play, especially against the more powerful teams. And you could, and you will, you could still say that Texas is a powerful team, and they are. Uh, you look at Andrew Jones; uh, he had a terrible shooting night the other night. Uh, in the game against Oklahoma State. They, they all did, uh, but the the three guys that you expect to step up in the game, it didn't, and, and we're talking about Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones. Their shooting was awful that night. I mean, Courtney was able to get, did well from the free throw line, but they need to shoot it better, and, and that was a big problem. And it wasn't just outside shooting with the three points. Uh, they couldn't do anything inside. They were missing easy easy shots inside. Uh, they, they're going to need to get that confidence back with their shooting. Uh, Greg Brown, um, he's had issues with scoring. Um, he, he's providing the rebounds and some of the other things that you expect. Uh, I think that really the only player that I can look at in that last game and say that he played fantastic was Brock Cunningham. He was all over the place, double digits in in rebounds. He had five steals, uh, provided you a little bit of scoring, not a lot. He's not going to be your scorer guy. He's He's your energy guy. Uh, they're going to need more from Kai Jones moving forward. Uh, those guys coming off the bench, they've got to provide some spark. If the offense, if the if the starters can't provide the offense, we're going to need some guys to come off the bench and give them that energy, give them that boost. Uh, we'll find out when they take on Kansas State. Uh, players to watch Jericho Sims, I'd like to see a little bit more from him uh, on the interior. I mean, he provides a presence. He provides that rim protector in the middle of of the floor that you really need. So those are the guys that I'm looking at, kind of see what they can do uh, as far as against Kansas state. What do we need to see? Those are the things that we need to see. We need them to get back to how they were playing earlier in the season. It seemed like they were all shooting at will uh, and, and buckets were falling. It was almost like we were watching the game against Oklahoma state. and It felt like there was like this a uh, cover over the rim. Because nothing was falling. So they just need to make sure that they're not just, you know, jacking up threes every time down the floor. They need to run their offense, um, you know, push the ball around, get it around the perimeter, kick it inside. Or if they need to, you know, drive and kick. You know, penetrate paint, kick out to a wide-open shooter. We've seen them do that time and time again. We saw them do that specifically against, you know, West Virginia. uh, When they found Andrew Jones waiting in the wing just to... Uh, to hit that game-winning three-point shot. So, I mean, that's the things that they need to get back to, and I just didn't see enough of it against Oklahoma State. Uh, And so, Shaka Smart needs to get his team ready to go, uh, and I'm certainly sure that he will. uh, And I expect that Texas gets back on the winning side of things uh, tonight against Kansas State after uh, really a rough stretch last month. And let's, let's hope they can get back. With that momentum and moving towards uh, the Big 12 tournament and, and the NCAA tournament. Uh, that was interesting. Uh, pro Football Focus put out their top 101 players in the NFL in this last season. Only one former Texas Longhorn made the list, and I thought it might be Quandre Diggs. It wasn't. It was Seattle Seahawks defensive tackle Puna Ford. I uh, thought it was interesting that he was the only person on here, and these rankings represent the top individual performance this season with a all-positions-are-created-equal mindset. Here's what they had to say. Puna Ford has become arguably the Seattle Seahawks' best defensive lineman. In this season, he was the only one standing up, making plays at times. He finished the year with a PFF run defense grade of 73.0, and had 28 defensive stops. He was not ranked in last year's rankings. Uh, Puna Ford's really, like, he's been an unsung hero, I think, when you look at what he's been able to do after... Uh, signing as an undrafted free agent. Not a lot of people really thought much of him as far as... Well, obviously, he wasn't drafted, so he wasn't... They didn't feel like he was one of the, you know, 235 or uh, 255 best players. Uh, but he's proved people wrong, and that's not a surprise. And you've seen what he's doing, and it's exciting, and a lot of fans in Seattle are excited uh, about that. Uh, but let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk with Ross Jackson. Some of these former Longhorns in the NFL playing for the New Orleans Saints. You know, one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage or food or what have you. But why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? You can definitely check out our friends at rockauto.com. Uh, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto parts and auto part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals. and Do-it-yourselfers, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that, you, that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Pukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, now I want to welcome Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, onto the show. Ross, I would ask how you're doing, but I know you're probably a little bummed out because you had to watch the Bucks win the Super Bowl. So I know you're probably bummed about that. So we're not going to get into it. I mean, I know you're a, you're a Saints guy, so that's, you
2: know, it's how it works, right? I I honestly I thought it was a good game. <laughs> I thought it was a good game. I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed Uh I did not
1: personally. I'm a I'm a Patrick Mahomes guy. So you know <laughs> it was it was tough. It was like watching him yeah. back in the Big Twelve uh, with the struggles of his teammates yeah. not helping him out at all. Uh, but I yeah it was big time. It, it was that it was it was I it felt like I was back in Lubbock, Texas again. That's that's what it felt like. Uh, I wanted to start off a series mm-hmm. here of yeah. talking about former Longhorns in the NFL, uh, how, how they did. Obviously, New Orleans is one of those teams mm-hmm. that has multiple players, uh, and Little Jordan Humphrey, and then the two right. Malcolms—Malcolm Roach and Malcolm Brown. I, I wanted to start off talking about Malcolm Brown. Uh, you know, obviously he's the the bigger name of the three. He's a starter, or he was for a vast mm-hmm. majority. You know, what's the outlook on him uh, since coming over from New England? And, you know, what's it look like for him? You know, how did he do this year? And what's it look like for him going into next season?
2: Yeah, so Malcolm Brown was a huge part of the Saints defense this past year. Uh, Usually they'll use him in the one tech uh, uh, for when when they have even sets going on. But then when they switch over to an odd set, there are multiple defense. So they'll run three-down linemen and four-down linemen, so when they switch to three, they'll often use him or David Onyemata as the nose tackle. Uh, he missed one I- imperative game for the Saints this past season, and in the game that he missed, they allowed their first 100-yard rusher, not only one of them, but two of them, uh, in like 40 or 50-something games, and so he he's a huge part of what they do in the ground game, and also, you know, opens up opportunities and lanes for some of these other pass rushers to get involved as well. Uh, he's another guy that they also lean on uh, uh, close to the line of scrimmage as well when they go out there and sort of those bear under formations and have five defensive linemen for and instance to kind of try to clog up the middle and not let anything happen up there saint struggled a bit in the red zone but not so much due to malcolm brown i think malcolm brown has been a really good addition for them uh so far since coming over from new england with the saint Simon free agency last year this year, this offseason, might be a little bit tough for him to hang around just because of his salary cap number. He might be one of the few guys that the Saints might have to end up moving on from in order to save a little bit on the salary cap. He saves about $5, 5500000 million. Dollars. But my hope is that they find a way to actually make it work and keep him around because I think he's been a really nice benefit to the Saints on that defensive line. And speaking
1: of Malcolm's on the defensive line, you also signed – Mm -hmm. Malcolm Roach is an undrafted free agent after the last draft class a guy that he never really produced at the level that we thought he would at Texas I think a lot of that had to do with playing under Todd Orlando's defense and Mm -hmm. the way that he attacks uh, offensive fronts so based on what you saw of him this past season I know he didn't play as much as maybe some thought that he might
2: you know what's it what's it look like for him and and how did you
1: think he performed this year
2: Yeah, I thought he performed very well for the Saints, actually. Uh, You're right, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but when he got out there and when he was seen, he was often making plays in the backfield, things like that. So I thought that he had a really nice season, actually, for the Saints. Uh, He came in there as somebody that sort of took over the Mario Edwards Jr. role of playing both inside and out. His versatility could play anywhere along the line of scrimmage. Cam Jordan effectively nicknamed him and uh, Malcolm Brown as the Malcolms in the middle Uh, so that was pretty cool like he immediately fell into the team culture and everything and figuring all that out so uh, it it was great I mean I I think that he he has a future with New Orleans I expect to see him back next season he'll be one of those young uh, developing defensive linemen that end up either you know sticking and and playing well with the Saints like what we've seen with uh, maybe a shy Tuttle for instance or he'll be somebody that even if he doesn't end up with the Saints he'll end up in a an important role elsewhere sort of like what we We saw with Taylor Stallworth. And so the Saints continue is a really good sign for Malcolm Roach as somebody who will continue to develop as he uh, gets more comfortable in the NFL. Yeah, and he's a guy
1: that a lot of Longhorn fans are rooting for, especially because he got Mm -hmm. to go back home as a Louisiana native, got to go back home, play play for his hometown team. So it was a great story. The other name is a guy that we don't. Get to see near enough, obviously, little Jordan Humphrey. This past season, he caught his first ever NFL touchdown. Mm -hmm. You know, that was an exciting moment. Is there a role for him as a wide receiver on this team? Or is he kind of like just that fifth, sixth guy who might get opportunity of injuries or or what have you play their part? Or can he develop into one of the top four guys uh, in that group?
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to get into the top four because, uh, you know, this coming year, the expectation is that's going to continue to be Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, who they invested a third-round pick in a few years ago, 2018, and then uh, Deontay Harris, who's really come out and come onto the scene. But then you also have another guy that's come in, in a bit and jumped off of his film a bit. But, the, the, but that's not to say that uh little Jordan Humphrey doesn't have a role with the Saints because he absolutely does like him being a big bodied blocker as well as somebody that can return kicks and somebody that can catch passes and that can be a factor in the red zone all of those things will continue to help him find his way onto the field it might be that he you know remains on the tra- on the training camp or the practice squad excuse me and then he you know gets elevated whenever they need somebody but either way He has a role simply based on that. So it it could be possible that he ends up, you know, the Saints could end up going five or six wide receivers on their roster. They'll, they usually keep five, but if one of their, receivers is the primary kick returner or punt returner then they'll keep six and so with Deontay Harris being there as their primary kick and punt returner there could be an opportunity for little Jordan Humphrey to slide in there and that's one less tight end that the Saints have to keep around because he can play a bit of that split end role as well so they really like what he brings to the team they like very much his attitude and he is somebody that has grown and continued to learn the entire time that he's been around and he he knows his role with the saints and what it is that they're going to ask him to do when he goes out on the field and he executes it very well.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think that he went to the NFL a year early. I thought he should have came back for at least one Mm -hmm. more year, but you know, it worked out for him. He he got, he landed on a team at the, with the new Orleans saints. And you know, there's probably not a better offensive mind to be under, uh, you know, then, right. then Sean Payton. So, you know, he could be doing a lot worse. He could be doing a lot worse. Uh, I just want to thank Ross Jackson from the locked on saints podcast for jumping on with me today. Make sure you check him out. He's right here on the Locked On podcast network where it's your team every day. Ross, tell the good people where they can follow you on social media.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can check me out on Twitter at Ross Jackson, Nola N O L A. And of course you can catch locked on saints every Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
1: BetOnline is the fastest and easy way to bet all of your sports action. Despite the fact that football might be over, but the NBA, college, basketball, and NHL are in full swing, BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, sports, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up. Today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, recently, Brian Arakpo, former Texas Longhorn, met with USA Today Longhorns Wire editor Cammie Griffin, and one of the topics that he talked about was his former teammate and Blake Gideon becoming the new safeties coach, and so we asked him what he thought about Blake getting the job.
0: Honestly, Blake was destined to be... Some type of motiva- motivational um, position, and for him to be coaching, I didn't, I didn't think it'll be this soon, if I can be quite honest, because you know it's, it's just overwhelming for the success that Blake has had. It's amazing, um, you know. Blake has had tremendous successes with his coaching career, and for him to have that opportunity to come back to the Forty Acres, it has to be a dream come true for. Him for him, but for also the guys that played with him. I mean, we know Blake like the back of our hand. That guy is a, he's a competitor. He's going to be the first one in, last one out type of guy. The guy has no excuses. I mean, we all love his passion and, and his and his energy and he's a great family man. And the guy just has all the intangibles to be a great coach with seen at a very young age. So once we knew that he got, once he got hired and we seen his name on the dotted line, I knew that the secondary will get back to being DBU. Uh, and Texas to get that title back.
1: Yeah, for the Texas Longhorns, it's it's been a while since they've kind of been that DBU. I mean, they've still had top-tier defensive backs come through Austin, but it hasn't been to the same level. You don't have the level of production. We haven't seen the development. So maybe Blake Gideon, a guy who came in as a two-star uh, rated prospect, uh, came in, and he was a four-year starter for Texas. Uh, he knows the passion, or he has the passion. He knows the the history and I think he's only gonna bring that passion back to Texas and bring that passion back to the secondary. I mean there were a lot of players on that team, but it seems like Blake Gideon stood out because he was he was such a hard worker and I know a lot of people give him crap about the dropped interception against Texas Tech in two thousand eight. But overall you had to like what Blake Gideon brought to that defense, what Blake Gideon brought to that secondary. Uh, between him and, and Earl Thomas they were a really good duo on the back end. You know, and that's somewhere that Texas needs to get back at. So maybe having Blake here uh, helps out in that regard. Whether it's Jaron Griffin or, or J.D. Coffey or, you know, they're, they're Tyler Owens. I mean, there's guys up and down that could really work well with him. And, and hopefully he can bring back that level of passion. But it's interesting, uh, Cami Griffin, the editor at Longhorns Wire, also asked him about who... He was the most underrated player on that 2018, um, and his answer might surprise you a little bit.
0: Ooh, that's a great question. Wow. I have not thought about that team in a while, but, uh, man, that, that is a great question. Yeah, we, we talk about of-
2: that team quite often.
0: <laughs> the most underrated player on that team. Wow. That's hmm. I don't know. That's that's hard to say. Like you said, we had a lot of great players on all three phases. Um, man, maybe Blake. I, I would maybe put Blake Gideon. He probably didn't get a lot of the the, the recognition um, mm-hmm. as a lot of uh, as a lot of the other guys that went on professionally. Um, but yeah, Blake Blake Gideon was a baller. He was a guy that really helped propel and led that secondary. Him and Earl. Um, Earl was was young, but at the same, Blake was young too. But you know, we all knew Earl had all the amazing supernatural talent and Blake was the hardworking, you know, blue collar guy, you know, and, right. you know, and so I probably would give that title to Blake as far as being the one of the most underrated guys on that, on that team for
1: sure. Yeah, I found it a little interesting that he went, you know, Blake Gideon in that instance, because if you go back and you look at the 2008 team, just the guys that went on to the NFL on that team, they had Lamar Houston. Henry Milton, Roy Miller, obviously Brian Arakpo, Sam Ocho, Eddie Jones, Keeson Randall, Emmanuel Ocho, Roderick Muckleroy, Keenan Robinson, Chucky Brown, Blake Gideon, Earl Thomas, Curtis Brown, Aaron Williams. I mean, that that team was littered with NFL talent. Uh, and so it, it was interesting that he would go Blake as the underrated, and, and maybe that's right. You know, maybe that is the most underrated player because he doesn't get the he didn't get the notoriety or, or he didn't get the accolades and he didn't get, you know, maybe the recognition that maybe he deserved for, for being that blue-collar guy on the defense. Um, you know, 2000, the 2008 Texas Longhorn team obviously uh, was one of the most talented teams, I, th- I think. I mean, I put them just under 2005, obviously, because 2005 had Bench Young and, and a lot of these same guys were on that team. Uh, I think Brian Arakpo was a freshman that year that they went and won the national championship. I mean, but they had plenty of talent up and down. Uh, and I know we always talk about 2005 team, but 2008 um, and 2009 was is really special as well. Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's a good choice. I mean, he's not going to be, I mean, he didn't have the NFL career that some do, but maybe he's going to be a better coach than he ever was a player. And, and so that's the interesting part that I want to see. And I want to see how, this defense evolves under Blake Gideon, especially at the safety position, because I think it's a position where they've had talented guys, it's just they've never lived up to the expectations. Whether you're talking about a Caden Stearns, a B.J. Foster, you know, B.J. Foster will be back next year. What, what can he do under Blake Gideon, under one year with Blake Gideon? It's going to be interesting to watch him, and I, and I want to see the continued growth of Jaron Thompson. I want to see what J.D. Coffee looks like in the next couple of years and, and how he evolves at, the, at that position. There's guys up and down that I think will, will do well. Uh, but coming up tomorrow, we will have some more of our conversation with Brian Arakpo as, as we talk about the excitement level of bringing in Steve Sarkeesian. We're going to get Brian Arakpo's opinion on that. We're also going to have a wrap-up of the Texas Longhorns Kansas State basketball game that's taking place tonight. Uh, so we'll have that wrap up as well, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Um, I want y'all to take it easy. Enjoy your basketball game tonight. And, uh, I'll keep you, I will, uh, get with you guys tomorrow. Hook em.